Hi, I'm Chantelle. And I'm Matthew. And we're founders of Fifth Place, where our mission is to make the world a better place by enabling the how. Welcome, Welcome to, to our Emotions Matter, Matter Really podcast. podcast. In this podcast, we explore everything about emotions, feelings, and what it is to become and remain emotionally fit. We interrogate the taboo around expressing and talking about emotions and feelings. We talk about all those things we want less of, like stress, anxiety, and burnout, and the things we want more of, like sleep, calm, and self-care. We explore tools, tips and techniques for managing your emotions. We examine what it means to be emotionally fit and why this equals a better quality of life. <laughs> hello, hello. Lovely to be here again on this beautiful, beautiful spring day. The birds are chirping. There may be a dog barking in the background, but that's very little we can do about because it's not ours and we are living in a suburb surrounded by the people we have no control over as well as animals we have no control over so hopefully that dog is going to take a bit of a breather while we're doing this podcast hopefully it will do that that's what we can only hope and isn't that exactly a small representation or example of how life works things that we have no control over and yet we can manage the way we feel and respond to those things. Exactly. That's what this podcast is all about, or our podcasts, all about learning to better manage the way we feel. Yes. And we're very excited to say that we've had two glorious days of rain, not mm -hmm. non-stop rain, but two lovely conventional, what we call high-felt thunderstorms. Johannesburg is at altitude, memory serves as the third highest city and uh, we have some spectacular rainstorms and although these were a long time coming boy were they a welcome relief <laughs> and you know in the spirit of this episode the thunderstorms and rain put a smile on my face yes put a smile on many people's faces i think after lots of consternation and concern and worry uh, about what's happening just economically and politically and just generally there was also the concern about uh, the fact that there was no rain and uh, that was impacting our ability to get water so on top of restrictions around power we were also having restrictions around water which haven't been lifted but it's a lot more positive and yes we can smile. Hmm. And that's the that. subject of today's podcast, smiling. We are going to be looking at the science of smiling and all things to do with smiling and especially how smiling can impact our emotional fitness and mental health. Yep. And as you heard so often, there's a tendency to focus on the negative, to concentrate on all the things that we have challenges with. But Today we're going to balance things out by focusing on smiling and all things related. That's right. In our last podcast, we spoke about moving and how important moving was for your emotional and mental fitness. Uh, and we did our moving earlier. We went for a long walk and that's why we look like we do. We're still in our walking clothes. Um, but 
walking and moving also can bring a smile to your face because it, you know, gets those feel-good hormones going. And so it's much easier to smile when you've come back from a nice walk in a beautiful suburb on a beautiful day. So let's just talk about what happens when we smile. When we smile, the muscles on each side of the cheek called the zygomatic major tug up our lips and the orbicularis oculi, which are muscles which encircle the eye socket, squeeze the outside corner of the eye, resulting in those lines that look like the shape of crow's feet. There you go. And it happens all in a matter of one to four seconds. The delightful thing about those who witness what is happening when we smile, respond by mirroring the action and smiling back. Other muscles can also stimulate the smile, but it's only when these particular muscles come into play that it produces a genuine expression of positive emotion. Hmm, if I recall looking back or thinking back to lockdown and when we were all compelled to wear masks, you know, we couldn't see people's smiles, couldn't hmm. see what they were expressing and it really did add to the depressing nature of the time. Mm. And it, it, it was very interesting because without being able to see the smiles and smiles sort of break the ice, they connect people together. Without being able to see those smiles, people were even more distanced. They were less friendly. They were more irritable, I think. Um, they became offended quicker because if you got too close to them or you bumped them, you weren't able to turn around and smile and say, I'm sorry, you saw nothing but a piece of cloth over your face. So smiling really does allow us to build social networks, which are incredibly important for us as human beings. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, as we focus on smiling, question comes to my mind. Do you think there are any bad smiles? Well, I suppose the smiles that people put on, so not bad. So if we have to qualify good and bad, um, we just think maybe not genuine smiles or the smile that maybe is the evil, which smiling. <laughs> so maybe the evil smile, but one that doesn't have the intention of happiness or joy or just connectivity behind it. Because you can fake a smile. You can just put a smile on without... It being genuine. Mm. Well, this is the month for those evil witch type people in some cultures as we approach Halloween. Yes. So yes, indeed, maybe the smile itself is not necessarily evil or bad, but the intention behind the smile have these mm. visions of some hunched over person with a big nose mm. or a pointy hat mm. up to no good. And then, then also just what comes to mind kind of is iconic smiles and two for me immediately come to mind the one is Marilyn Monroe I think she has a lovely smile and the other one is perhaps more famous Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa. do you know of any iconic smiles that come to mind for you the only people that I can think of are those that are on sort of in the media space or film stars and you know Julia Roberts has this amazing huge smile her mouth and her smile is if you think of if I think of Julia Roberts I just think of her smile because it's just so big 
and uh, and enticing, just lovely. Um, so that's certainly one. I think those smiles, you know, a lot of women don't like the fact that there are crow's feet on the side of their eyes, but I think those crow's feet really do say a lot about the genuineness of the smile. And, you know, I find them attractive mm. both on women and on men. They're attractive. They say, I've been smiling a lot. If I get those, if I get those, those wrinkles um, on the side of the eye, it means that I've been smiling a lot. And I think that's, that's great to be able to smile a lot. Well, I like smiling and, uh, you know, I haven't always had the opportunity to smile just in terms of life's challenges, but absolutely. I know that my smile has certainly evoked a lot of it in other people. So if we have to look at some of the facts about smiling, what can you tell us in terms of physiologically or from a physical health perspective? perspective? Right. So here are some of the facts about smiles. The mere act of smiling reduces blood pressure, lowers stress hormones and boosts your mood. The intensity of the smile can predict marital happiness, personal well-being and even longevity. Not all smiles show happiness, but also can depict a wide range of emotions. This is what I was going to talk about, including embarrassment, deceit, and grief. This is something to remember when people talk about being able to know what somebody feels like just by reading the, the, the expression on their face. We don't always universally use expressions to express exactly how we're feeling. I mean, some people, when they're shocked or embarrassed, will smile. You've all heard about, I smiled sheepishly. Um, some people, when they are um, grieving, will smile. It feels counterintuitive, but they just do because it's, it's just a response. It's just a reaction rather than that genuine smile of happiness or connection. Um, smiling is catching. This is, I think, is so lovely. And this is what was so, so missing in those times when we were stuck behind our masks. Smiling is catching and produces more positive hormones within you and around you. Children, here's an interesting statistic, smile on average 400 times a day. Happy adults smile between 40 and 50 times a day. And the average adult only smiles 20 times a day. Wow, that's a that's a 95% reduction from children to adulthood. And it brings to mind that famous line from that character, the Joker, mm. who says, why so serious? Well, it just shows us we get more and more serious as we get older, which is really sad. Excuse the pun. <laughs> <laughs> so here's another interesting thing to consider. A study done at the University of South Australia showed that you can even trick yourself, trick your mind into feeling more positive by faking a smile. So when your facial muscles are arranged to smile, the mind picks up on this and assumes that it's time to start feeling good again. And this really highlights the relationship of your mind-body, the interconnectedness of it. Yes, that mind-body relationship. When your muscles indicate that you are happy, you are more likely to feel better and see the world in a more positive way. And this has some profound implications for dealing with depression and improving our mental health and emotional fitness. 
Literally, you can fake it till you make it. So, sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? Well, it's called acting as if. Acting as if we're in a more positive state, like sitting up or standing up, mm -hmm. putting our shoulders, shoulders back. back, pulling in our tummy, and so on. And then walking a bit more expansively, softening our gaze, you know, relaxing the mouth, mm -hmm. relaxing the shoulders, relaxing your jaw, uh, focusing on your breathing. You know, where am I breathing? Is it hurried? Slowing your breathing down. And then becoming aware of the tonality of your voice. Are you speaking very quickly and sort of at a higher level? Is it rushed? Or can you slow it down and be a little bit more measured? And you know, this does come from another study, this time from the University of Rochester. There has been probably not a huge amount of studies on smiling because typically when people study expression or they exp ex study emotions, they usually study negative emotions. And so smiling, which can bring on more positive emotions, is typically not something that is studied a great deal. But it's good to know and to remember just to build it into that, that, that practice to smile more, mm. you know, to, to find things that you can smile about, um, to find something. And I think being able to consider what you're grateful for can also allow you to put that smile on your face. So when you're under a great deal of stress and worried about something, if you're able to just stop and consider what is it that I'm grateful for? And often it'll be things like, I'm grateful for the sunshine, or I'm grateful for my children or my grandchildren. And if you have grandchildren, of course you're gonna, that's gonna put a smile on your face. You know, I'm grateful for the people that I love. I'm grateful for the friends that I have, puts a smile on your face. So just being able to connect to that thought of what you're grateful for can also then lead to smiling more and smiling more then makes you feel better. So this wonderful, virtuous circle of being able to pop out of that feeling of stress or feeling down or concerned or worried and just lift your mood so that you start feeling a bit better. And this reminds me of our process for managing or regulating emotions, shape of emotion, and we often talk about it in the context of down-regulating the difficult or negative emotions, but there is a component to it where we can upregulate. Yep. The feel-good stuff, so we can connect to an emotion of joy or happiness in this context, something that makes us smile, and then we can dial it up mm. and make it feel more, mm. and so potentially make the smile even bigger. Yes, even bigger, absolutely. And you know, it's, it, it, if one gets into the habit of smiling, not to hide or to cover necessarily how you truly are feeling, but just to, just to mediate those very heavy, heavy feelings and being able to just lighten it slightly and, and then just also by smiling, being able to connect better with others, as I said earlier. If we are engaging with other people and we look very serious, it can put people off. Women smile, of course, more than men do, which is another statistic. But men could learn to smile a little bit more. Um, oh, I never have that problem of looking too serious. <laughs> exactly. But I think some men don't like to smile because they think it makes them look weak. 
Um, they want to look serious and powerful, uh, but being able to connect with others socially is really important for human beings and it's really important for our mental well-being um, and emotional fitness. And just by smiling, softening our gaze, smiling at a person really allows for that connectivity. And obviously it needs to be genuine. You can see, people will know there's a gut feel. If somebody is putting on a smile, you often can see it. Indeed. And uh, we are reminded of a particular story from someone that we have a lot of resonance with in terms of our work and her work, and she's no longer with us here on the planet. But her name is Candace Pert, and she wrote an amazing book called mm -hmm. Molecules of Emotion. And her work on and about emotions is nothing short of revolutionary. And I'm just going to share with you a little story that comes out of the book. It's not so much about smiling as it is about the power of laughter. Mm. And if you think about it, you can't really laugh without smiling. She says, I came across a copy of Norman Cousins' Anatomy of an Illness. I took the book home and in one sitting practically inhaled it. So compelling was the thesis and so closely did it resonate with my own thinking at the time. Cousins, the editor of a major literary magazine called The Saturday Review, had been diagnosed with a life-threatening illness, an experience that had led him to question the whole foundation of Western medicine. Now, although not a doctor himself, he'd had a few brushes with the medical establishment as a patient, and had come to some rather sensible conclusions about its shortcomings. Rejecting what little help was offered by his doctors, cousins had checked out of the hospital and wait for it, checked into a hotel. And there he holed himself up with an assortment of Charlie Chaplin videos and literally laughed himself back to health. It felt intuitively that what his body needed was the life-affirming, joyous experience of laughter. Mm. What he was suggesting from this experience was that state of mind, thoughts and feelings all of which were completely ignored by the medical model, did in fact play a major role in his recovery. He even postulated that the laughter had triggered a release of endorphins, which, by elevating his mood, had somehow brought about a total remission of his disease. That is amazing. And it reminds me of the character that Robin Williams played, Patch Adams, in the movie of the same name. Um, the movie was based on a book called Gesundheit or Good Health is a Laughing Matter by Patch Adams and Maureen Mylander and spoke about a doctor who had cottoned on to the importance of laughter and used that uh, in his practice. So I don't think we can underestimate the power of the mind and the power in this instance of smiling and laughter. And I'm also reminded of the three maxims of change mm -hmm. and how they relate to this choice that we can make when we're maybe not feeling that great to practice smiling. And so the first maximum of change, which is I must want to change, says no one can force me to smile. It has to be my choice because I see the benefit for me and my overall well-being. There's going to be a need for commitment and discipline, says this particular maxim. 
Am I up to it? Am I up to deciding to smile or not to smile? The second maxim, it starts with me, and here it says it's no one else's responsibility, only mine. The buck stops here. And of course, it's obvious. No one but me can make me choose to smile. <laughs> yes. And then lastly, I must be prepared to come back to my body. Mm. And after all, isn't smiling a part of my body mm. that I have control over? Mm. And so I think, or I thought, it was quite a lovely way of encapsulating the actual power that we have, the power of choice in choosing to help elevate our mood and change our state by smiling. Mm, absolutely, yes. And the challenge goes out to everyone to smile more. Mm, indeed, here's to smiling more. And so with that, we've come to the end of the podcast. And as always, we round off the podcast with a poem. So what have you chosen for us? Well, guess what I've chosen. Guess what it's called? Smiling or smile? Yes, it's called Smile, a poem by Spike Milligan. Okay, and look forward to hearing it. <laughs> you know of Spike Milligan for his humour, so yeah. this should be quite interesting. Smiling is infectious. You catch it like the flu. When someone smiled at me today, I started smiling too. I passed around the corner and someone saw my grin. When he smiled, I realized I'd passed it on to him. I thought about that smile, then I realized it's worth. A single smile, just like mine, could travel round the earth. So, if you feel a smile begin, don't leave it undetected. Let's start an epidemic quick and get the world infected. I think that's a beautiful sentiment. I love it. It's light, it's easy, it's accessible. And given the other kind of epidemic type experience we've been enduring over the last few years, how about we start a new epidemic, yes. consciously choosing to smile more. Yes, indeed. And with that, for me, Matthew, wishing you many moments of smiling. Until next time, bye for now. And from me, Chantal, be kind and be gentle to yourselves. And yes, Keep smiling. Me, bye for now. If you enjoyed this podcast and we'd like to know more about what we do, you can find out by visiting our website, which is very easy to find. It's located at fifth.place. That's the number five, th.place. Yes, and if you like this podcast, please follow or subscribe. Um, and if you'd like to find out more ways to build your emotional fitness, then you can take one of our courses. Uh, and all of those are in our links in the text. Yeah, and lastly, from a value perspective, you know, we live in a resource-challenged environment and country, developing country, and if you found this to be of value, then we invite you to make a donation so we can take our work into those under-resourced places. Chantel likes to say, buy us a coffee.